Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. Hey guys, my name's Paul. Today we're going to be talking to Peter Hook. Peter is all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome, Peter. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, Paul. Thank you for having me today. Yes, my name's Peter. I'm a disability advocate and podcaster here in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. Peter, um, you have cerebral palsy. This is a name for a group of lifelong conditions that affects movement and coordination. Yes. Can you, can you just um, tell us uh, a little bit about that, please? Sure. So um, cerebral palsy affects many people in different ways but the way it has presented in me is the fact that I can't stand transfer or walk independently and I use an electric wheelchair every day of my life. I have hoisting systems that allow me to get in and out of bed, use the shower, use the toilet Um, but I'm very very independent. I've been very lucky with the way my disability has enabled me to live in an independent life and it's a lifelong condition that's affected me since birth um, the reason why it happened was because I didn't get enough oxygen at birth those few seconds have resulted in my lifelong disability how did that impact you in kind of when you were younger I mean in terms of how um, you know your parents dealt with that I've never felt different never been told that my disability was a negative thing it was just and well the way I was brought up it was an added element yes it caused some challenges but they just considered me Peter first before they considered the disability this uh, COVID uh, situation um, yeah. how has that impacted you you know with, with your condition is that something that has been profound over the past few years? Because I know it's affected us here quite quite considerably. It's enabled me to start my own business. I sort of took the leap and thought, right, there's a global pandemic. I'm not really that keen about going to work um, for my own safety. Let's do the big, brave thing and start my own business. And the beauty of working from home is it means that it's super accessible to me. I don't have to worry about accessibility. I don't have to worry about whether the toilet's accessible. And it takes me three and a half seconds to get to work. Of course, it has been difficult for all of us. Um, One of the major ways it affected my life, particularly early on in 2020, I decided to stop having support and personal care. And since then, I've been living with no support and being fully independent. Now, Yes, that's challenging and it's a very privileged thing to be able to do because I know a lot of people with disabilities aren't in that position to to be independent even if they wanted to. What what sort of challenges do you have being on your own um, at home? It helps that I have a house that's been adapted to me. I should highlight that. That's very, that's fundamental to my independence and I've been very lucky to have renovated this home specifically to my needs. Can I ask you, what were your first sort of memories of, um, I, I, I don't know, finding finding out about yourself and kind of discovering what you could do, what you couldn't do, and just some of those challenges? As far as registering that I was different, 
Oh, look, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't really consider myself different even today. I sort of just consider myself as someone that needs a mobility aid and something to be adapted, but I've never really considered myself to be different. You are listening to the Sunflower Conversations with Paul. To learn more about the Sunflower, please visit our website. Details are in the show notes. Did it impact you mentally? From my understanding, cerebral palsy is brain damage, but they did lots of work on my muscles to see if that would assist me to be able to walk. So I had lots of physiotherapy as a very, very young child. And when I was 12, um, I had an operation that went wrong. They stretched my nerves too much and I got chronic nerve pain. Mm. It's a one in a million, actual one in a million thing that could happen to someone. And I had to re-educate my nervous system on how to operate. So how long did that take? Uh, About 10 years. Yeah. That's... um... That's that's a huge thing. That alone is a huge thing to take on. I mean, goodness me. Um, so so did you need what did you need like a therapy thing? Did you have to go on to to how did you how did that come about? I was in. They to be honest, they didn't know really what to do with me at the time. I was in hospital. I guess not for that long, but it felt like a long time for a twelve year old. It was five weeks with ongoing therapy for the following decade but I think that was a fundamental event that really formed my personality Um, but you know as far as challenges that was super challenging because here in Australia I was ending primary school and going into high school trying to form new friends trying to manage pain it was very very challenging. Did that impact you you know, in a kind of, um, in any kind of mental way? Did it give you anxiety? Did it give you, you know, how did that impact you in that way? I didn't know what mental health was at at 12. So I I guess, you know, I just took it day by day. But I have to say, I've always been very, very lucky in the fact that I've never struggled with my mental health. I think that if you have a, a, a visible you know, disability, that can impact an invisible disability, right? And in, in, in the sense yeah. that it can, it can affect your mental um, state. And yeah, I, I mean, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. Of course, it, it was challenging. There, there's always periods, particularly when I was very, very sick, you know, you're constantly in pain. You're, in, you're on pain medication that's making you hallucinate. Um, it was it was full on, but I've always been pretty determined to see the other side because I think, well, if it's really bad at the moment, it's just not the end yet. Peter, do you think that by having um, loving parents around you, that really helped you? It's fundamental. I cannot overstate how important my parents have been that they've been able to form me into the person that I am today because both of them have very, very positive outlooks on life. 
Um, they are very no-nonsense and very to the point, and I just basically got on with it. What is a, a typical day like? For you because I do everything myself with little support which is my choice I should definitely highlight that it takes me about two hours to get up and get ready and be at my desk if not a little bit longer so um, once I'm organized I eat breakfast and then I do what I love to do which is speaking into a microphone just like we are now Paul and uh, I produce my own podcast and I do disability advocacy as well. Tell me about that, please. Yeah, it's called the I Can't Stand podcast. It's with Nova Entertainment, which is a radio station here in Melbourne. Basically, it came from the the idea that people really don't know and understand what it's like to live with a disability. So every week I answer a question from my audience and I'll answer any question that they have about what it's like to live with a disability because I only have to go around and get a coffee and somebody will ask me a question. And there's got to be a more efficient way to educate the public. And this is how I've chosen to do to do it. Fantastic. And we'll put um, you know, your all the details for this in our in in this podcast as well. We'll put them in the notes. I think it's important for people to understand that people with disabilities are just like them and we have nuanced individual personalities and we're all different. What are people's reactions to you when they see you out? Mainly I get the the like pity tilt of the head, like, oh, what's wrong with you? What happened? That sort of questions, which are always challenging to sort of answer because to me... I don't nothing. I know something happened, but I can't remember it happening. So for me, nothing is wrong. I'm just being myself, being Peter. You are listening to the Sunflower Conversations with Paul. To share your story, details are in the show notes. Do you have any examples of, um, you know, difficult situations where you've gone into a shop or a, or a, uh, you know, wherever? Um, and found that you, 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 you're stuck. Happens all the time. I was at um, a work conference when I used to work in corporate and um, the toilet for, there was no accessible toilet. So the accessible toilet that I have to use is a changing places toilet, which I know are also in the UK over there. And the changing places toilet was in a library. So I jumped in the car, it was 10 minutes away from the conference and the toilet was upstairs, which was very odd to put the accessible toilet upstairs. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 you know, I went up there, it was all fine, but then I was on the top level and the lift stopped. So I was stuck on the top level of this library thinking I need to get back to work. Like now, what am I going to do? Oh. I called a technician, couldn't fix it. Long story short, they called the fire brigade. I had six gentlemen carry me down flights of stairs in front of the whole library. What needs to change in terms of, uh, you know, how your conditions are perceived? I think it would be great if the medical industry, um, what's the expression, not industry, the medical profession, profession, if the profession. medical profession 
could approach people with disabilities as people first, they tend to go to the worst outcome first. So like my parents got sat down and said, Peter will never be able to write her own name. Like she will not be capable of doing anything academic. Just like a very sweeping statement that it could have defined my life. Now, luckily, I have the parents that I have and I have two degrees, including a master's degree. So it's, it's those, that's at the very start, if parents are told that their children have limited abilities or capabilities that can really impact their lives going forward. I think if a doctor could say to parents, yes, this is your child and this is the diagnosis and these are the all the wide ranging how it could present in them, but please remember that they are your child first. They are not their disability first and them being your child means that they have all your attributes and abilities as well. So don't give up on your child before they've even had a chance to really show them, show you who they are. What are your hopes for the future? I hope that there's a greater level of equality for people with disabilities throughout the world. And I and that's a really, really big statement with lots of underlying things that define what equality is. But things like employment, things like education, things like accessibility, things like discrimination, things like housing, things like transport. There's lots of areas that determine equality. I always really love travelling internationally to show to people that it is possible you know even though culturally it might not be quite accepted the more that people like me or people with other disabilities are seen to be conducting quote-unquote normal lives the more other people might think that we're valued members of the community how did you learn about the sunflower So I learned about the sunflower via social media. I follow a great uh, person. Their name is on social media is Disabled Eliza. And they have really advocated for the sunflower. So that's that's where I found you guys. Do you use one? Particularly if I needed to highlight to someone that... I suffer with fatigue or if I was really suffering with pain that day, um, particularly in large environments, like not that they're really happening at the moment, but like um, corporate events, things like that. So I don't have to fully explain maybe why I need to take an extra breath or why I'm just sort of taking a minute. Do you feel that the sunflower is needed in society? Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic initiative um, because there are so many people that do have hidden disabilities. And I know from hearing from other people 
with that experience that there's such an such so much labor to educating what it is like to have a disability so it's such an easy thing to just pop on and then people that need education can just look and think okay I know what to do without the understanding um, of what it is there's not a lot of point of wearing it is there do you know what I mean so so it's about it's about um, educating and spreading awareness of what it is so that yes. people understand that when they're out and about and they see some see a, a sunflower that they know this individual needs just a little bit more time and patience you know I agree with you but I also think there's still stigma with having a disability and I know that a lot of people that have hidden disabilities sometimes choose not to disclose because they feel like they might not be accepted. Then it becomes a choice as to whether or not you disclose it right so you either wear it and say to people I've got this, this, this condition please you know consider me or you don't. I think also there needs to be an emphasis on the people that they're interacting with that they build a space where they you know that person feels comfortable to disclose that they have a disability. Do you have any advice uh, or coping mechanisms that you've used um, you know along the way and can you share them? I mean there's very basic things like making sure that you don't overdo overdo it make sure you manage fatigue for me fatigue management is very important making sure I get enough sleep um making sure I educate people around me on you know how I can best be helped so I don't always have to do things independently like for example just pulling a chair away from the table is really helpful for me and makes me feel like people understand my disability as far as coping just try and look on the bright side and think that things will always get better. Positivity has been the key for me in my life. If you're wearing the sunflower, what is the reaction you'd like from somebody? For me, I would love someone to walk up and go, oh, hey, good for you for wearing the sunflower. It's such a great initiative. But I know for some people, particularly with autism, that could be the opposite to the reason why they're actually wearing the lanyard. So possibly just a lovely smile would be good. If you could ask for one thing as a result of the conversation today and sharing your personal story, what would it be? I believe that people should always try and set their own goals according to who they are who they are, and not what their disability or their diagnosis tells them that they should do. Don't let anybody else define you. You're the only one that can define yourself. Peter, oh. it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you ever so much for your time. Paul, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com. Find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience and show kindness to others and join us again soon.
making the invisible visible with the hidden disability sunflower. <laughs>